You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. So this is Propane Fitness Podcast, episode 41. And if you missed our last episode, it was a lot of fun recording it. We were interviewed by SideQuest Fitness. So you can check that on the website, propanefitness.com. So today we are interviewing Chris Williamson. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, I would recommend checking it out on YouTube because there's a lot of visual references going on. So we've known Chris for around five years and we've seen his evolution of his diet and training and managing all of that alongside a really hectic lifestyle. And he pretty much embodies simple rules, dramatic results. So there's some great lessons that we learned from him. Had a lot of fun interviewing him as well. We've prepped him for photo shoots, um, different modeling things, and he's been featured on Take Me Out and voted Best Abs on Love Island. Apart from that, he runs a series of businesses, including Saras Gymware, which you can check out, sarasgymware.com. Enjoy the episode. Johnny's setup for sitting down, which we've missed now, always looks... <laughs> I don't do. (laughs) (laughs) So he he thinks he doesn't do it. But I do do it. He does do it. Anyway, we're here with Chris today, who we'll introduce properly in a second, but just a a quick story about him. Um, When he was little, he used to absolutely love tractors. Um, He had like the tractor mouse pad, tractor pajamas tractor duvet cover um all the little like tractor figurines love tractors as he, as he grew up he always used to paint pictures of tractors what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> just let okay. me finish my story so absolutely loved them eventually he met a girl when he was kind of 18 um she tolerated his his love for tractors for a while carried on and then eventually it started to really put tension on the relationship until <laughs> He got to the point where they were going through therapy and she was like, look, if you want to stay with me, you're going to have to, you have to get over the tractors. It's either me or the tractors. And he couldn't. So they ended up breaking up and that really traumatized Chris. So um, after a few weeks, he was like, right, I'm ditching the tractors, threw all the stuff away, all of the tractor paraphernalia. Johnny's just looking at a picture of me <laughs> squatting. Um, I've been looking for this. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) If we get a link to that and put it on, we'll get a link and we'll put it. At least you've made. At least you've made depth, though. Hit depth. Hit depth. Yeah. yeah. Well, the face helps with that. Get some going. <laughs> oh, wow. Right, okay. Right, so... so tractors. So he broke up with this girlfriend. Eventually, he was like, right, I've had it. These tractors are ruining my life. Got rid of all of his tractor paraphernalia. A few weeks later, he started to get lonely, and he set up a date on Tinder with a new girl, and they were in a really smoky bar, and uh, she was sat there, and... and uh, she was like, oh, it's a bit smoky in here. And he's like, oh, watch this. 
all of the smoke cleared up in the bar in one breath. And she was like, bloody hell, Chris, how did you do that? And he was like, oh, well, I'm an extractor fan. So that is a story of... <laughs> As soon as you said smoky room, I was like, I cannot believe that he's telling this joke. No. (laughs) It's a true story. It's a true story. About Chris. So that's why we wanted to interview him, really, because it's just... Phenomenal. Phenomenal, isn't it? I'd have rather died two minutes earlier than something like that. He's also... How you must have been feeling when Yusuf was like, there's a story, I want to tell a story about Chris. All our trackers, yeah. Not that one. No, that Not that one. No. I thought it was a police thing at first. No. <laughs> Getting you to deny or confirm something. Yeah. I'm actually shaking from this coffee now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm vibrating. Yeah. Like, you can probably, like, holding a paper cup just like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like that scene out of Jurassic Park. Oh. oh so, yeah. so here's, like, as you may have seen in the intro clip, there's a coffee machine in this room. What intro clip? We, I, I filmed the uh, fiasco with the cut. See, right. this is the problem. When you're not you looking, say, the you, camera you comes out. We uh, couldn't work out how to use the coffee machine. Chris called his friend. Johnny put way too much coffee in the machine. No, no. I put in the right amount. Then I added his perception of the right amount. Chris added <laughs> too much. We didn't, colla- we didn't collaborate well. Then we added too little water. That mm-hmm. was where, that was the error. So we probably all had like four cups of coffee. It's, I am, really, I am, it's really I, hitting me, actually. It, it's, it's a, yeah, it's strange. Mm-hmm. So, before we start, I'm Johnny. I'm not Johnny. <laughs> Did you <laughs> just do that? Did they, what, is that really? I'm Yusuf. <laughs> and I'm Yusuf. I am Yusuf. This is Johnny. And this is Chris. You may not have seen him before. Chris, can you say hello and introduce yourself? Hello, uh, I'm Chris. I've known Johnny and you. you. Do you want to like lean towards the microphone? I thought you said it was fine in that position. Okay, but I didn't realise that I need to. Hi, I'm Chris. Hello. <laughs> it's going to be live. Someone somewhere has just crashed off the A1 because of that. No! Breaker, breaker. Hello. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm Chris. Um, I've known Johnny and Yusuf for five or six years now, um, and they invited me today to come and discuss. We've got a few topics. What, in mind. what are we discussing? So, so we haven't. We haven't what actually. Are we we've not today? prepared Chris for this, but Chris runs Voodoo events um, across the UK. Self-employed. Um, and there's a lot of challenges in terms of managing his own time, which he takes in his stride. And so we thought this applies very much to if you're a student, if you're self-employed, if there's any element of having to fit your diet and training or any other habits into um, a busy life, family, work, studies, then um, there's some amazing insights that we got from chatting to Chris about how he's managed to do this. Um, he's also had a training layoff recently and managed to bounce back pretty hard. So um, that's mainly what we're going to discuss, but I have a feeling we're not going to get around to it. <laughs> not going to talk about any of those things. So Chris wanted to tell us about how he was stuck in JFK and we were like, let's just wait until we were recording. Cause so um, I do little bits of modeling and I got flown out to America last weekend to 
go and attend a book launch for um, Dark Romance, which was the genre of the book cover that I happened to be on. Like Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey, but like really, really intense and weird. Like more so than Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh yeah, like this the stuff the stuff that these like girls write about in America is really like the fantastic authors, but it's proper dark, like really, really dark. And my mum's read this book. Like she sent me four copies out, and my mum was like, "Oh, well, I'll read it." And I'm like, "Mum, it's this isn't Harry Potter. Like this is <laughs> this, this is, is this is yeah. Like there's some fucking really sort of strange storylines going on." But anyway, so. I was going Newcastle to Heathrow, Heathrow to JFK, and then JFK to Norfolk, where this event was. I arrived in JFK and found out that my luggage was still in Heathrow, and then found out that my onward flight to Norfolk was cancelled. So I was stranded in New York with no luggage and no onward flight. When you say Norfolk, <coughs> Norfolk, Virginia. Right, okay. I wouldn't have flown to fucking JFK to then go back to Norfolk. <laughs> The so AA, AA route planner said it was the quickest way. Should we like, mention to Chris that he didn't need to go via JFK? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that as well. I'm glad you clarified. Are you really? <laughs> when you have these thoughts, you're like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna just leave. Yeah. So you, you're stuck like, in JFK. You're stuck in JFK. Trying to come back to the UK to get to Norfolk. Um, you didn't have it. <laughs> no, no, trying, trying to get an onward flight, and they said, right, the next flight to Norfolk's in the morning. So I was stuck overnight in in New York. But there's worse places to be stuck, right? True. So. I was like, right, fuck it, I'll get an Uber, and I will... So I'm just moving that ever so slightly. For any reason? Away from Chris. Well, I just... <laughs> I'm just trying to make a scene of it. You're the loudest <laughs> out of the three Is of that us. why you put it there? I was. I, I saw it, and I thought, hold on. That's not, look, that's not pointing at me. So, what, I... We, we what can, the... What do you mean, <laughs> pointing at you? It's multi-directional. No, no, it's not. Unidirectional. It's bi-directional. Have you checked that? We, we did this like, uh, no, we, remember <laughs> when we were discussing the cardioid function? You <laughs> just made fun of me. So when I when I edit these podcasts, I can see on the waveform what, wave what is Johnny speaking and what's... You see the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I see. So when I speak... Hi, this is Johnny from Profit. Hi, Hi. And do you have to... I have, yeah. Compensate. Got to go around manually make myself louder. In, yeah. No, not anymore. Yeah. Just, you just got to accept no, it. No, I just shat. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Stranded. <laughs> was like, right, fuck it. I'll get an Uber. I'll go to Manhattan. Like, never seen New York. When you're in New York, the number of different things. So, do you use Uber? Yeah. You know, at the bottom, you've got, like, Uber X, Uber mm-hmm. Black, Uber something else. Have you got... Do so we like have Excel, Uber, Uber... Yeah. yeah. There, there is, like, of the sliders, there's, like, six different sliders. And the one at the far right is a helicopter. You can get helicopters. It's in Dubai and it's in some bits of America. And you can literally just fucking just get a helicopter, helicopter to come pick you up. Is that an extra 50p or something for the, <laughs> for the upgrade? Yeah. That's How much is it? I don't know. I, don't, I, didn't, I, didn't, dare, I didn't dare fucking press it. Um, <laughs> just just in case. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm bankrupt. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. Just accidentally. <laughs> Sorry, if you read the terms and conditions, you've you've got to pay for it. Once you want, because oh. it would it would be of course. Like Margaret from Benton. <laughs> He's flying the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, can it cancel now? No, son. Sorry. The, I know it's got the feature where you can where you lift it up, it wakes up because people people had problems with the fact that they couldn't look at their lock screen without pressing the button, and as soon as you press the button, because the fingerprint thing so fast it clears all your notifications off so now on the new uh, iOS 10 as soon as you pick it up it just uses the accelerometer my, my phone is shaking from yeah. the amount of coffee that I've had 
See, I'm not that bothered by it now, which in itself is worrying. <laughs> you have grams of caffeine <laughs> every minute on the minute, though. So I barely mean, touch the size. <laughs> yeah, well, I have my drugs now. So, I have a, a cup of coffee this morning as well. Bloody hell. You do love apple. I, bitching about apple. Bitching about apple, yeah. Like, as you sit with recording a podcast on an iPhone I, with a MacBook Air in front of you. Three MacBooks, three iPhones. I mean, we all hate Apple. No, okay. They're, like, we hate certain things about them. They're it's, fine. It's the best we've got available. But, <coughs> yeah, the if they can fix, like, hanging up with your face or when you're trying to call someone and they're trying to call you at the same time and it just mm. doesn't let anyone through. Like, like Skype has solved that problem. Skype's free. If you buy Skype, you and you're Skyping me, we'll Skype Skype together. Whereas if I FaceTime him and he's FaceTiming me, how often does that Absolute happen? paralysis. All the time. Is it just between you two, though? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> this <laughs> problem doesn't exist for anyone else on the planet except for you two. You, you also don't get the... Hello? That's really good. Amazing. I just... It's so comforting. No, no, no. <laughs> You're like, it's connecting, everything's going to be okay. Oh, What's the FaceTime noise? <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> silence for about a minute. You do that again. <laughs> I think we should get on with the podcast. Let's do once more. See, I've just become this source of entertainment for. Um, Come on. Like, poor Chris. He's, he's, he's given up his time. time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hope you're happy. Okay. Let's go on with the podcast. <laughs> so welcome to episode forty one. Forty one. Forty one. Forty one. <laughs> you wanted you wanted me to do spend the rest of the bit. Well, well, forty think, times we've done this. <laughs> says episode forty one and looks at me to to do the rest of the intro. <laughs> Okay, we, we are with Chris today, who is a really fascinating person. There's a lot we can learn from him. He's been on Love Island, Take Me Out, runs two businesses, got two degrees. He used to have an afro and a kilt. He doesn't anymore. <laughs> That's really, of all the things. Surely you can still have the kilt. <laughs> Do you still have the kilt? Or was it not even your kilt? It was. It was. It was. It, it, okay. Well, it is mine. Well, where? Where are you wearing a kilt? In Scotland, of course. <laughs> Just every time you're in Scotland. Well, you, you have to, to cross the border, don't you? Yeah, otherwise you have to. Bloody Brexit. Trousers <laughs> off. It is all Brexit's fault. So we prepped Chris for a photo shoot. Um, and for Love Island. And for Love Island, just to look at his shreddiest. He's also been featured at the age of 23 on a Father's Day card and on a 30th birthday card as well, which he was really proud of. So that was a he big... He was the, the go-to... Image choice for funky pigeon, fun, funky pigeon.com. <laughs> if you guys get an affiliate deal or something, he, he was the go to image for funky pigeon.com. <laughs> Click the link below. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe we should get in touch with him. Yeah, so we can get a, just in between. Get a link. Yeah, Big, yeah. Chris's face. Chris's face, 30th. So, yeah, the point is that Chris had, manages a lot. And then manages himself well, 
while being lean enough to be voted best abs on Love Island. Yes. Like, IPF Worlds, like, WBFF, NABA. your heart out. CrossFit Games, like... <laughs> like it pales, it, it, it pales it in does. comparison to six to. girls from Essex voting me as having the best abs on a TV show. <laughs> on TV? Yeah. And everyone's watching. Yeah, yeah they were. Really Absolutely good. everyone. So... And that, you know, what better accolade. It's all, it's all I've ever wanted in life, really. <laughs> Best abs of Love Island. So um, he's, he's been there and done it. Mm. So the main things that we wanted to talk about were really being able to periodize your life. So taking the ebbs and flows with your seasons in your life where you have to focus more on work and training has to take a back seat. Taking training layoffs, how to mitigate the damage, like how to... Yeah, how to do some damage control while you can't train properly. And also how to juggle so many commitments. And you may find that um, if you're not running a business, if you're not, or if you're not self-employed, there's still going to be demands on your time of work, family, studies. And being able to juggle that stuff is really key in maintaining the consistency and keeping your progress going with your fat loss or your muscle gain. So Chris, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and let me know if I've butchered any of that intro. It's <laughs> fantastic. Much better than the first five that we did. Mm. Um, <laughs> the racist one. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, I did... I, I came to Newcastle um, to uni in 2006. And fuck, that makes me so old. It's yeah. ten years. Ten years since I started university. Well, um, so yeah, came, came to uni um, and didn't really have any idea about how I was going to, what, what my direction was. I chose to do business as a degree because I literally didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, as a lot of people do, fell into doing flyering for clubs. It's pretty easy work. Basically, I, I sat down at my first seminar at the end of Freshers Week and realised I was skinned. And the guy that I sat next to basically said, oh, I used to work for this promo company in Leeds. They've got some shifts that are going on this week. Would you like to come to this meeting with me? And then maybe we can get you a job as well. And that guy that I sat next to is still now my business partner 10 years later on. Uh, okay. Um, so I still haven't managed to get rid of him. Which Match is made in heaven. Taken, which is distra- distressing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So no, yeah, basically we, our core business is we run events, we run student club nights. Um, moving from doing the flyer in in my first year. Uh, we then got Carnage, which is um, a multi-site t-shirt event, as colloquially called, you call it a bar crawl, but uh, we don't we don't use that word. Do you we call it on the on the, the banners and stuff? We do not use it, we do not use, we do not use that term. We do not use that word. Um, bar crawl is, is uh, no, licensing don't like that, so we don't call it that. Oh, really? Uh, no, yeah, it's uh, it's like the, it's like the death word for that. So we've been, uh, wow. we had it drilled into us. Yeah, it just, it's, Smacks of binge drinking and blah blah blah. What do you call it instead? It's a systematic. It's a multi multi site fancy dress t shirt event or something along those lines on the operating schedule. But yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have quite the ring. No, does it, it doesn't. It doesn't encapsulate the product quite so well. But no, but so basically, so our our core business is running club nights. Um, so we run student events in Newcastle, Manchester. We're part of a company that does it in Leeds and Sheffield as well. Um, those include big one-offs and weeklies so you've got an interesting relationship between doing consistency consistent work that you have to do on a regular basis and then one-offs that come and kind of throw your routine out of whack 
Um, so it's almost like consistent inconsistency in a way that you've always got these things that come in and, and, and throw you throw your routine to the wall. Um, what I find interesting and difficult about it is that you have periods where you have to work a lot, where you're prepping for freshers. It means that we have to work really hard, long hours, making sure that our events are the most popular ones for September. And then you also have other periods, Easter until sort of the middle of June time. It's usually a little bit more chilled. So what that means is that every single year, I train fairly hard for summer in an effort to get lean. I then lapse and have like Stella and cereal for two and a half months until... <laughs> Chris is... That like, made all the difference. He's, he's, he's progressively leaning further and further back. <laughs> you have to be able to balance between working hard and then... I forgot that coffee has sent my brain so <laughs> wild that I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I, I do see what you're saying though. I think with a lot of our clients and, and ourselves, it just seems to be one of the laws of the universe that things don't happen in a predictable way. And when when uh, when things kick off, it's usually a cluster of four or five things at once. Yeah. And uh, a lot of our clients seem to be, you know, having a kid, getting a mortgage, um, work's picking up all at the same time rather than it kind of being evenly spread throughout the year. And yeah. so there are times that you do have to back off and go into maintenance mode. Mm. But and then they're like, oh, I still need to train five times a week and be in this deficit and no, worry about exactly. what I have my carbs and worry about eight hours of sleep. And, and then all that's going to do is add to the stress. Add to the, yeah. Whereas the, that, that you should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. The key thing is about damage control rather than trying to hit all of your targets is what can I do that's the minimum to either stop me regressing or yeah. like mm. slow the regression as much as I can. I, I think what everybody likes, everyone likes the idea of not falling folly to the same things that everyone else does. That mm. yeah, just because just because I'm hungover doesn't mean I can't train. Yeah. Just because I've got loads of stuff on at work doesn't mean that I can't hit my diet. Just because I, I had a late night doesn't mean and I think that you need to unfortunately concede that we are human and that you are going to inevitably if you give some more on one side, you're going to have to let some more go on another. And it is that balancing act. Because um, you have the other side of it as well, of people who, they, some people think, oh, I'm going to go down this fitness route. That means I can never go on a night out again. It means I can never eat out again. Or, you know, I can't do any of this stuff that means that I miss the gym. Rise and grind. Rise and grind. Exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. I think... the team no sleep. Oh. The, the, the crux the of everything that even now after doing this for 10 years that I find most difficult is finding a balance. I think that we're, we're creatures of absolutes. Mm. We're black and white. You are either in the gym every morning doing your cardio at 7am with your meals prepped and then in again later on in the day and you're not going out on a night time or you, you're on a, a month long bender yeah. or you're always at work. It's very difficult to find that balance because you put a packet of biscuits in front of someone and to ask them to only eat two. They need the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really hard to just eat two, but it's a piece of piss to have the entire packet. <clears throat> yeah. Because, and that that relates sort of pretty well to what I found and still do find quite difficult. It's finding that balance. It's being able to do things in just... Shades of grey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we talk a lot about um, having a certain amount of currency that you have available of yeah. your, your your energy recovery capacity capacity to recover from stress as as a wider concept of not just physical training stimulus but 
general stress on your life and, and time and so on. And to expect that you just have unlimited currency is only going to cause you to either not recover from your training or struggle with... Nice noise. Lovely noise. That's, that's mine. Dan, new program. I am sorry. Johnny's subscribing to his client client calendar. Say that again. Say that bit again. How have I subscribed (laughs) you? Well, I didn't subscribe. I didn't subscribe myself. How about this? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. 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 Yeah. So I wrote an article called "Now Is Not the Time to Stop Smoking," and. That's to do with around medical exam period. Loads of people just lock themselves up in a room, stop training, stop any kind of um, activity that involves leaving the house. And all that happens is that their output drops to the to a crawl. They get more miserable. They're not getting any sunlight, not getting any kind of activity. They're eating just packs of peanut M&Ms all day. And of course, like if you stop the things that are actually keeping you sane during a time that you think that you need to dedicate um all of your resources to a certain demand it's not going to work either so it is about like the fact that training has a positive impact on your life i imagine it helps you sustain yourself throughout the rest of uh, the, the times when it is busy as well at work yeah it does i mean unfortunately with with doing club nights it means late nights late nights and and usually sort of late mornings as well and by the time that you're up and you're still feeling a little bit groggy it's then time to get into the office and prep for the next event. Um, it can be quite restrictive and it is, it is tough. It is really, really tough to manage your life. I think that a, a good way that I've found to sort of fudge giving yourself a balanced life is to do periodization. So to have periods where you concede that you're going to have to focus on something. I know that this is a period where I'm going to have exams. I know that that means that my training's going to have to take a back seat and maybe my diet's not going to be fantastic. But it doesn't have to be binary, as you said. It doesn't have to yes. be one or nothing. Yeah. And I think, that so, I think that so many people, you see people that are sat in a, sat revising in um, a library and all that they're surrounded with is junk food and it means that they're going to feel bad about not hitting their diet. So that's going to be another worry that they don't mm-hmm. need on their mind on top of all of the revising and the exams. You know that you're not going to feel as good and your thoughts are not going to have the same level of clarity when you, you've been powered by boost bars and like bags of Walker's crisps and stuff like that. So but it's a false dichotomy. You don't need to do that or small of and <laughs> you know, like on a low carb diet and just, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that it can be a middle ground somewhere. In I think, I think that it's, it's tricking yourself. A lot of the time you make yourself believe that what you were doing is somehow harder that, well, if I've got to prep my food, that is harder. It's easier for me to have this junk food. But when you actually think about it, you're going to be you're going to see a benefit from everything by trying to retain what little bits of good stuff you know that you can do when you have more of a balanced life, when you're completely dedicated to one particular discipline. Yeah. And I think that trying to just get a little bit of training in, trying to go into the gym and do half an hour. But again, if we're, we're creatures of, of perfection and, and absolutes, you go, well, ah, if I can't go in and do half an hour's mobility first, and then if I can't go in and give myself half an hour to warm up and then do two hours of whatever, you know what I mean? If you, mm-hmm. if you don't give yourself that amount of time, you cast it off as, as nothing at all. It's catastrophic thinking, isn't it? We were talking about this just a couple of days ago. I, I find this with like habit development, self-development particularly, you know, like if I can't meditate for 20 minutes, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Or like if I'm trying to wake up early and I miss my time that I'm going to wake up by a minute, then 
like screw it I'm gonna I'll, I'll have a lie in but I think it's you have to, applying it to, you have to, applying it to Like there would be scenarios. I well, even then, even in Afghanistan, yeah. to be honest, the, the guys in Afghanistan are swole. No, <laughs> the guys are jacked. Yeah. But I, it's also the idea that um, you know, if, if this is if something is important to you, doing something towards that is always going to be my stomach trembling. From the coffee, it's, <laughs> doing something towards that's always going to be beneficial. Doing something's better than doing nothing. But it's so easy to slip into the the thought pattern of. I can't do all of it. So, so I'm going to do none of it. Yeah. So I, I made that mistake. Like I had a practice, a consistent meditation practice, two, three years of 30 minutes every morning around exam time. Which in itself is incredible. Insane. Yeah, well, yeah. So that's it. You, fantastic you, dedication. You, you build some, it's not dedication. You just build momentum and then it becomes such an integral part of your life that it feels more wrong to not do it. It's just a habit, isn't it? But around exam time, I managed to convince myself that I didn't have that 30 minutes to dedicate all that happened is my output dropped to waste more than 30 minutes throughout the day. Mm. So it was a negative return on investment to do that. Um, and then I realized that actually that was the thing which is sustaining your output. And often it's not about total hours that you have to do with work. It's what what is the output that you're trying to achieve at the end of the, the day. The quality of what you choose to do. Yeah. yeah. So I think when a lot of people consider like the club scene, or else that makes me sound like I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> Young but, people in your discos. Yeah, bloody clubs. <laughs> but, you know, like, nightlife has a has a few things associated with it, like excess calories, you know, people who are, like, out on a Saturday night tend not to be... You don't think of someone who's, like, together with everything in their life and yeah. shredded. Yeah. And then, on top of that, late nights, and then you have to wake up the next morning and manage a business. Mm. And I think... I, I've, I've not met anybody else that's managed to balance that kind of thing with being, being in shape being lean enough for, for modelling and stuff like that mm -hmm. so I think that a lot of people have reasons why they can't do something mm -hmm. and oftentimes it centres around lack of time lack of energy other commitments mm -hmm. so what would what does an average session in the gym look like for you is it is it two hours is it 20 minutes no it's I, it, I, I've, when I was at uni I had a lot more spare time Mm -hmm. um, the businesses weren't at the level that they are at the moment so it meant that I had a lot more time that I could just go into the gym and crack out like two hours on back and biceps mm -hmm. like now I, I haven't been able to do that for a very long time although yeah. it would be quite nice to go in and be more leisurely and do all of the different movements and stuff that I, I'd like to mm -hmm. um, so most sessions now would be probably about an hour I think um, yeah. My mobility has got better recently, but only because I've been working on it. You guys have given me some good routines that I've followed, and mm -hmm. that chews up probably 15 minutes. So in terms of lifting, after I'm warm, I've probably only got about 45 minutes. So I haven't got a whole amount of time. That's um, interesting. I, it's the quality of what you do in that time. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. So uh, this is something that I, I think is really key with how Chris maintains his progress, is that he's probably the least neurotic person 
around diet and training that I've seen, especially given the shape that he's in and the fact that he has to maintain that shape for, for modeling. Um, and very often it's, it's because you, you strip things down to what is the bare essentials that I need to do yeah. diet and training wise. So a 45 minute session of getting the main movements in yeah. better than faffing around for two hours doing back and biceps exactly. or um, worrying about your, your fat content or yeah. your, your, your yeah. omega-3 I think intake. I think what I think what I've sort of broken it down to is that as long as you're training quite hard you can kind of let the diet slip at least a little bit and if you're it, it, you you give yourself more of a window to compensate for mistakes that you may have made mm. or meals that you've missed or that beer that you had last night or whatever it might be so long as you just put some good grafting in the gym yeah um yeah. and what it relates back to for me is a typical week would look like something like push pull legs for in terms of weightlifting sessions and then I would add in um, either some kickboxing uh, some sort of traditional boxing or some speed flex which is kind of intervals um, and that maybe six six sessions a week but no one session would be more than about an hour okay and three would be muscular mm. uh, heavy lifting and the other three would be something to do with with intervals or, or slightly higher intensity sort of cardio based movements. So that's, that's probably still more total work than most people do, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think it, it does, some of it comes down to carving out time in your schedule mm-hmm. and the other, and the rest of it is just, I don't think you, you know, what Yusuf was saying about equating time in the gym with work well, done. Yeah. Then. Yeah. But, but also, um, not being neurotic about it. I think a lot of people think themselves out of doing things. Absolutely, because yeah. they think it's not perfect. Absolutely. Um, if I can't, if I can't get it perfectly right, then I'm not going to do it. Just not bother. Yeah, and I think there's something we say a lot about staying, staying as stupid as possible with stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, not if you as soon as you look at something on paper and think like mm, that could be this and that could be that, and maybe well, I mean I that's see more that, carbs there. And I remember a blog post that you guys did a while ago, which was I think it was just stick to the program. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. That blog post <coughs> encapsulated exactly what I'm talking about here, and I think as well that that's one of the one of the good reasons that you can um, that handing over the accountability of your program and programming to someone else means mm. that you can kind of just wash all um, liability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. your hands your hands then, are completely. What you just you hand it over. Yeah, you you, you do. Yeah. There's, well, there's recourse there if you make no gains. I don't. I suppose, but yeah, you um. Well, in that case, pick someone with a good track record, and then you know that. You, you're going to be just another number of of people that go through their system mm. and if, if you can verify that their system is effective then just follow the rules yeah. yeah and I think just sticking to the program is perfectly right that people will go through for one week they'll do something and then I mean how many times do you see on your Facebook you're scrolling down your newsfeed and then someone will say put a status up that's something to the effect of like had enough of dieting like the bulk is on or something like that <laughs> mm. and then something a, a few months later they'll put the same thing up which is like can't wait for the shreds for December or something like that and you're mm-hmm. like well all that you're doing now is flip-flopping between two different two different goals that are equally difficult but because one you've, you've come across a little bit of a stumbling block you've decided to stop which has mitigated your gains towards either of those two goals and I think that handing over that accountability to a coach for me definitely makes a big difference when I've got a diet and a training plan from you guys all I'll do is just go into the gym and maybe let's say that I don't hit the lift in terms of reps or in terms of weight that I would like to for that day. I'm tired from the night before, I'm hungover from the night before, whatever it might be. But I've got in and I've gone through the process. And that means that I don't then think, all oh, right, well, I missed Wednesday, so I now have to do back day on Thursday. And then I've got, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it, it just it just creates havoc. Um, 
I think, yeah, it's it's so difficult to be able to stay in that frame of mind. Yeah. But I think if you can, you know, you don't you don't think about it, you don't question it, you think, right, I missed that session, so I'll just keep going. Yeah. Or like I maybe overrate a little bit yesterday, so I'll eat less today. Yeah. You know, you just it's just I guess being sensible, but the amount of things that cloud your judgment when it comes to being sensible, it's it's just thought thought bias, I suppose, isn't it getting in the way. So, uh, yeah, another thing, uh, another article we've got coming up is called Optimization is Masturbation. And it's just the idea that... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> is that your article? That's, that's one of mine. Um, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the, the, best, the best diet, the best training plan is the one that you stick to rather than masturbating, trying to optimize it before you even get in the gym. <laughs> I think that's tickled Chris. Um, <laughs> You've written an article about masturbation. Basically, I've written an article about masturbation. (laughs) You feel okay about that? (laughs) It's been keeping me up a little bit. (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) Is that an accident? Just coffee. (laughs) That's it for episode 41. Check out part two next week.